Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with the BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. I don't know if you saw this, but there is a recent study out by the University of Arkansas that I think is groundbreaking, shocking, will take everybody by surprise. But but here's what, I'm sure there's a government grant involved in this. Um, this pandemic has increased our fear. I just want to just let that soak in for a second. Just I know you were all wondering, you, you didn't know for sure, but, but apparently, according to scientists, this whole thing has increased our fear. It, it's raised our level of anxiety. It, it's had negative consequences on our overall emotional well-being, on our overall relationships with people. It's, it's not done us good. You know, it seems that with this time, uncertainty, it just sort of rules supreme right now. I mean, you know, you go back from the beginning, you know, we, we didn't get too involved in live stream because, you know, it's going to be just two weeks. Remember when this is all going to just be two weeks? You remember that? Anybody remember the two? Yeah, it's going to be two weeks and then we'll be back at it a little bit longer than that. You know, it was two weeks and it was, don't worry about a mask, you know, it's, it's going to pass, you know. And now it's, it, we're all wearing them, right? We're all wearing them now. You know, it's just, it's, it's all this uncertainty. Schools were going to open, then they weren't going to open, and now, right now they are going to open. There's all of this, like, it's just shifting. Nothing seems to be stable. Nothing seems to be dependable or, or steady or trustworthy, and it causes a lot of uncertainty. It creates anxiety. It creates fear. That's the place we all live in. I mean, we're, we're talking about economics, too. You know, people's jobs, you know. Is this company going to make it through? Is it not? Is this industry going to make it through? Is it not? Is this sector of the economy, is it going to survive or is it not? We're, we're struggling with these things. This is the place we live in. And yet today... You know, we're going to ordain some guys into our eldership. And, you know, we've made plans to go forward with some things. And people would say, well, maybe we ought to wait until it becomes a little more certain. Maybe we ought to wait until things become a little more stable. Maybe we ought to wait until it all sort of calms down. You know, do we need to do this right now? And I think the answer is yes. Because God is still at work. God is still moving. He is present in this situation as the beginning of this whole thing came I, psalm 91 stood out to me I, I've, I've read through it a few times I've, I've, this morning i thought i would share just what i think this psalm has for us 
It's incredibly relevant and contemporary, even though it's an incredibly ancient prayer and song. Um, now, we run the risk anytime we sort of take a psalm and we start to preach from it. We go, this verse means this, and this verse means that, and this verse means this, and this verse means that. It's just like taking a poem apart and, and it, it piece by piece, and it loses some of its beauty. So I'm going to read some of the larger sections together as a whole in hopes that you know we would be able to retain some of that beauty at the end of this jesse's going to share uh, a, a chorus inspired by this song as well uh, so that way we can hopefully catch some of the beauty of psalm 91 because it really is beautiful and, and i would encourage you maybe later to to go home and read that together but psalm 91 verse 1 we'll pick up there it says whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Now, we don't know the historical setting of this psalm. Like most psalms, probably the contemporaries knew and they told their kids and their grandkids. And as they sang through the, the psalms, it's really an ancient hymnal for our, our our Jewish forefathers and mothers in the faith, as they sang through it, they would say, yeah, this was the time you know, when this happened, and, and, and most of that's become lost to us today. But we can guess from the things that are described in the psalm what they were encountering in that moment. You know, there's a couple highlights in here you know, that maybe you notice. Uh, you've got the deadly pestilence. You know, that's a great word to say, pestilence. It's a fantastic word. Say it, I try to say it as often as I can, but pestilence is a real problem. Um, and this is something that's striking the community of, of the author of this psalm. There's a, a disease that's come up and, and, and run through. It's, it's likened to the fowler's snare. What's a snare? It's a trap. It's something you don't see. It's something you don't know it's coming until you walk right into it, and then you're caught. You know, you're stuck with it. That's that's the fowler's snare. That's the deadly pestilence. You know, we have a lot of understanding about disease and viruses and bacteria and all those kinds of things, and, and we sort of get that. But in this time of the psalmist, they don't understand it. They just know that, you know, all of a sudden one day we were well, and now all of a sudden we're not well. And it just sort of runs through the camp. It runs through the community, runs through the city. It just caught them off guard. It caught them unaware. This is something they're dealing with. We see also in here that there's, it seems that there's, there's conflict that's happening. You know, it might be, it's talking about war. There's this arrow that's flying around. There's this, this uncertainty. You know, a thousand are falling, 10,000 at your right hand. This might be a war, a time of war or political upheaval. Um, you know, this is happening in the setting of this psalm. And yet the psalmist is, is they're surrounded by disease, as they're surrounded by um, upheaval, they have this, this wherewithal to say, but you know what? God is still in control. He is our refuge. God is our refuge whenever and wherever we put our trust 
in him. There's a few other things in here. You've got the terror of the night, the arrow of the day. You know, two things you don't see coming. You know, at night it's dark. You don't know when the terror is going to come and get you. The arrow of the day, you know, in that time, that's, that's a bullet, right? You know, it's faster than a speeding bullet. For them, it was faster than a speeding arrow. You know, you don't see the bullet coming. You don't see the arrow coming. It just sort of strikes and gets you unexpectedly. This is the, the world of the psalmist. It reminds me this, that the world we live in has always been uncertain and dangerous. The world we live in has always been uncertain and dangerous. It's always been that way. And if we've ever operated under this belief that it was safe and certain, we were confused and we were kidding ourselves. And yet the psalmist looks around at the terrifying world that they live in and they say, you know what, now this, this is the perfect time to trust God. This is the absolute best time to put our faith in God. We don't need to, to be afraid. We can go with God. And that's the title for this message. As I thought about it, what is the psalmist saying? The psalmist is saying, go with God. Wherever you go, however you travel, whatever you do, you know, whether, whether it's just to, to you know, do your, your absolutely basic, most necessary sorts of things, or whether you, you're taking other risks, go with God. Go with God. That's the right way to do this. You know, there's a lot of these threats in here that I think are, are kind of interesting, you know, to think about. You know, the Fowler's snare. We don't use that phrase a lot. Oh, I got caught in the Fowler's snare today. That's not a, an idiom that we use in our modern vernacular. But, you know, we get, you know, it, it caught me unaware. It caught me by surprise. It caught me off guard. You know, it was a trap. You know, I sort of fell into this thing. We use that kind of language. But, but really, the psalmist is just describing those kinds of terrors and difficulties that, that just sort of spring themselves on you. You know, you go in for a routine doctor's visit, and all of a sudden they're saying, well, you know, it looks like it might be cancer. And you're like, where, where did that come from? Where did, when did that enter into the equation? You know, it's when you go to work on Monday and you think, man, I, you know, I got a whole week ahead of me, and the boss brings you in the office and says, listen, I hate to have to tell you this, but... You know, things are the way they are, and we're going to have to let you go. Totally unexpected catches you off guard. These moments happen to us. We live in that place of uncertainty. Uh, we live in that place of danger. You know, it, it's the accident, that car you never saw coming. It's that betrayal that catches you off guard when you thought everything was good in your relationship and here's what i know about those kinds of disasters is that no matter how wide open you keep your eyes no matter how prepared you are you can never fully prepare yourself for those kinds of disasters they just catch you that's just the nature of life and the way in the world in which we live and it's in these instances that of uncertainty that it forces us to put our trust in god and the good news is this, is that God can be our refuge whenever and wherever you decide to trust in him. That right now, I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know what brought you to church or what caused you to tune in online. I don't know what, what did any of that for you. Maybe it was one of those disasters that caught you off guard and you thought, maybe God's got something for me in this moment. Let me tell you, God can be that refuge for you if you just put your trust in him. That's the beautiful news of this psalm. Now, some of these terrors, they're just, they're not these real terrors, they're terrors of the mind. You know, the things you think about all the time, the things you can't 
turn off. Like a child afraid of the dark. As soon as the lights go off, the monsters come out. You know, as adults, we don't use that kind of language, but we live in that reality. I, I, I love this. Uh, Don Joseph Gowie, writing in the Huffington Post, he said this. He said, 500 years ago, Michelle de Montaigne said, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. And here, here's the interesting thing. It says, now there's a study that proves it. Uh, there was a study that looked into how, uh, imagined, uh, how imagined our calamities really are. And so here's what, uh, again, scientists were doing. In this study, subjects were asked to write down their worries over an extended period of time. And so they would write down, what are the things you're worried about? What are the things you're concerned about? And they would have them write them all down. And then at the end of the study, they, they went back and they said, well, well tell me about these, these things. Tell me about this one. And they were, they were you know, asked to, to remark which ones actually materialized. And here's what we found out. Lo and behold, it does turn out that 85% of what subjects worried about never actually happened. So, I mean, 85% of your worry, just it's not even going to materialize. You know, the, the terrible misfortune never happened. Uh, of the 15% that did, here's, here's what subjects themselves said about it. They said 79% of them said that they could either handle the difficulty better than expected or that the difficulty taught them a lesson that was worth learning. So that meant that only 97% of, of all of the thing, 97% of what we worry about is much, is really only this fearful mind of ours working on overdrive, which means you've got 3% of your worry is legitimate. So just think about that the next time you're breathing into that paper bag and you're struggling with what's going to happen and what's the future look like. Maybe you need to ask yourself, is this that 3% that might actually come to pass? Now, I, I know that I, I live in the same world as you do. I, I, I listen to the same news as you do. I get how real it feels. But maybe the presence of God is also as real as we hope it is. And maybe that can give us the courage we need to get through. And maybe that would help us to remember that with God, man, that 97% of the stuff we don't need to worry about, we really don't need to worry about. Now, some people, they're just wired to worry. I get that. I understand that. I know some of you. If that's you, hear the words of Psalm 91. Take shelter in God. God is our refuge whenever and wherever we trust in him. Now, there are some terrors that come in life that people do set out to do us harm. I mean, the psalm talks about that, yes. You know, some dangers in this psalm, they just come from everyday life. You know, you don't know when these things are going to come. It, it just sort of comes upon you. You know, I was thinking about how dangerous the world is that we live in this week. Really, as I was driving home one night, uh, if you've ever driven out to our house, we drive on a two-lane state highway road. The speed limit's 55, uh, which means we all drive 60 on the straightaways. Um, and as we're driving 60 on the straightaways, there's only two yellow lines painted on the asphalt that separates one person from going 60 and another person from going 60 in opposite directions. Think about how dangerous that is for just a second and how much trust we put in the person who's driving the other vehicle that we don't know and will never, ever meet. What are we going to do with that? Yeah, you could just stay home, I suppose, and not go anywhere. That's an option. And yet most of us decide that it's going to be worth it to go ahead and get in a car and drive. Friends, our life is filled with danger. Our life is filled with terror. But God is our refuge. Whenever and wherever we trust in Him. 
God's going to protect us in ways that we don't always see. He's going to protect us in ways that we don't always understand. But he's going to be there. Whether you're alone in the dark and afraid of something that's maybe not even real, or whether you're wrestling with this deadly diagnosis that's just been sprung upon you, God is your refuge if you put your trust in him. Psalm 91, verses 9 through 13 says this, If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Now, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome to trample lions and cobras and serpents. And these verses have been misapplied, misinterpreted, misappropriated throughout the years. As a matter of fact, you know, we could look at this and say, well, then I guess I'll just do whatever, won't I? I'll just do whatever, just be reckless about things. That's not quite the message. Matthew chapter 4 has the most famous misappropriation of this psalm in any scripture in all history. It's when the devil quotes scripture to Jesus at the temptation. The devil, he's trying to get Jesus to, uh, to jump off of, of a cliff. He's jumping off of a high place, jumping off the temple. He wants to jump off is what he wants him to do. And, and he says, Jesus, if you do this, here's what's going to happen. You're going to prove to the world that you are God's son because nothing shows you're special quite like angels catching you midair. Amen? I mean, yeah, right? Angels all of a sudden materialize, catch you midair, and you go, wow, that, there's something special about that guy. You know, there's this temptation for that, but there's also this temptation to sort of prove that God's real, right? You know, if you jump off the temple and the angels catch you, Jesus, then everybody's going to know that God is real. And then the devil quotes scripture to him. He says, he took him to the holy city, he had him stand on the high point of the temple. This is Matthew 4. It says, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. You see, Jesus here is, is letting the devil know that he knows Scripture a little bit better. He's also letting the devil know that he knows God a little bit better. And he's letting us all know what the truth is. God isn't saying go and jump off cliffs and drive on the wrong side of the road and take unnecessary risks. What God is saying is whenever you go, wherever you go, you can find refuge in me. When you walk in the path and, and you follow my will and you say, man, I'm going to go out in love. When you get engaged and you say, I'm going to do this in love or I'm going to act in this way, God is going to be there with you. He is going to be your refuge. We don't have to put ourselves in harm's way to see God at work. The psalmist says we simply have to say the Lord is my refuge wherever we are. We simply have to put our trust into the Lord and we will find the benefit of his shelter right here, right now. You can find it right here in this building. You can find it right there at home. Wherever you are, you can find God as your shelter. Now, one of the prayer habits that I have found most helpful in my life is to simply memorize or repeat a short passage of Scripture, just a phrase. Sometimes it's just a couple words that reminds me of what maybe God is trying to say to me or do in my life. And so I, I thought perhaps this morning we would practice this just a little bit. 
Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried this or not, but I think you might find it helpful. Uh, the psalmist says, you know, if you say the Lord is my refuge, you know, that God becomes your shelter. So let's try it together. Let's just say the Lord is my refuge. Go ahead and say it with me. The Lord is my refuge. We're going to say it a few times, so just go ahead and get ready, get warmed up to say it. The Lord is my refuge. Maybe if I point at you, we'll say it together. How about that? The Lord is my refuge. That's great. I can hear some of you at home. Um, you know, you can participate too. If you're by yourself, nobody will think it's weird. Um, so let's think about what this might mean. You know, it's easy to say in church. It's easy to say at home. You know, when we're watching church, the Lord is my refuge. If you're online, you can type that in the chat box. The Lord is my refuge. That'd be kind of a fun thing. We see that just load, blow up the chat box there in the church online. Uh, the Lord is my refuge. It's easy to say that and, and to claim that here. But what about tomorrow? What about Monday when you get to work? What about Monday when the boss calls you in and says, hey, we need to have a serious talk. What are you going to say? What's the prayer you're going to pray? Lord is my refuge. Yeah, absolutely. How about Monday afternoon? You get home. Maybe you've got kids, and for some reason they can't seem to get along. I don't know if that's ever happened to you and your family or not, but you know your kids aren't getting along, and you're thinking, man, I just don't have any more patience. What, where are we going to go? The Lord is my refuge at this point in time. Absolutely. The Lord is my refuge. How about Monday night when you've got to go into that place that everybody hates, that, that darkest of dark places? You've got to go to Walmart and you've got to navigate the aisles and all the people that are there. What are you going to say then? What if you're stuck in traffic behind somebody that doesn't know how to drive? What are you going to do then? What, what happens when you get that voicemail and the doctor says, I need you to come in because we're going to have to talk about these results? Anybody grow up in the Pentecostal church? This is what we call name and claim, okay, friends? You, some of you have grown out of it. You need to get back into it. The psalmist is telling us, whenever we make the Lord our refuge, he becomes our shelter. He will protect us. He will watch over us, friends, wherever we go. Whatever we do, whether that's in the battlefield that this, this psalmist has walked through, whether it's through the field hospital that seems to be propped up next to his home, or whether it's just in the dark when we're alone with our thoughts, the Lord is my refuge. And here's the good news, is that God is going to care for us. He's going to care for his people now and for eternity let me tell you what this psalm does not promise. It does not promise an easy life. It doesn't promise that you're never going to get sick. It doesn't promise that you're never going to be hurt. It doesn't promise that things aren't always going to be easy. It doesn't promise any of those things. It just promises that whenever you go through those difficult things and you go through those difficult places and you feel so very alone, what this psalm is telling us is that you are not ever alone because your Heavenly Father loves you. And when you say, the Lord is my refuge... You can take shelter in his loving presence. That's the message of this psalm. You know, the problem is that often we try to pigeonhole God. We try to force him to do things that we want him to do. We try to, you know, get him to bring the, the healing on our timetable and with our methodology. But it doesn't quite work like that. Sometimes healing and deliverance comes in this life, and sometimes it comes in the next. And that's what the psalmist reminds us of. Psalm 91, 14 says this, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him 
for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Friends, do you see what the psalmist is saying? Is that, that even when this life is over, because you'll face that place of death, that we don't have to fear that even. Because when that's over, it says that I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see, this promise isn't as specific as we want it to be, but it's as broad as we desperately need it to be. That's what this psalm is telling us, is that God is our shelter. The Lord is my refuge for this life and for the next. And here's the good news, is that he wants you to call on him. You know, one of the things that's so frustrating for me, having met with so many people who are trying to you know, walk faithfully with God, is when I see that sometimes we just make it harder on ourselves. That we just, we reject the help that God gives us, whether it's the church or whether it's counseling or whether it's a, a deep spiritual friendship or whether it's, it's just being a part of the church community, whether it's just being invested and regularly a part of it. We miss out and we make things so much harder for ourselves sometimes. Jesus, I, I can hear this in his voice in Luke 13, as he's getting ready to go to the cross, you see that Jesus sort of looks over Jerusalem. He knows what's coming. And here's what he says. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Do you see that imagery here? It's right from Psalm 91, isn't it? God says, I'll, I'll cover you with my wings. I'll, I'll protect you with my pinion feathers. Those are those those heavy-duty, pointy feathers that the birds have. I'll protect you with those, and no harm will come to you. God wants to gather us and draw us close to him. That's the beautiful news here of Psalm 91. And so I, I want you, as we sort of wrap up here, I want you to be thinking about where is the place that you struggle the most to put your trust in God? Where is the place that you're the most afraid have you made the Lord your refuge yet? Have you allowed God to become your refuge? It's a real simple thing that, that we can do. We just say, the Lord is my refuge. We put our trust into Jesus Christ, and it's amazing what happens. God shows up in the darkest of places. And so here, in, in just a minute, we're going to just gonna sing that song. We're, we're going to have a little bit of music here, and we're going to give you the opportunity to sort of surrender those worries to the Lord to say the Lord is my refuge. We're going to use that as a time to prepare our hearts for communion, where we can sort of celebrate what Jesus has done for us, that he's come to not leave us alone, and he's covered us with his blood to protect us from the consequence of our sin, where he's said, you know what, you don't have to worry about this next life because I've taken care of that for you. And so we'll have some time of communion where we'll be able to say thank you. Now, some of you, you've never, ever put your trust in God. You've never claimed the Lord is your refuge and your salvation. Um, today, you could do that. You know, in, in this time of social distancing, things are weird. But let me tell you, people are still putting their faith in Jesus Christ. People are still becoming Christ followers. That could be true of you today. If you're online, it's real simple. You just click that little button. That'll, you know, it says, I want to raise my hand. I want to commit my life to Jesus. You click that. That'll connect you with somebody who will walk you through that process.
Uh, here's what we'll do here. If there's some of you that want to pray, or you want to talk about what that would mean in your life, I'm going to be standing outside after service. I'd love to meet with you, pray with you, talk with you. We've got elders and staff that would love to do the same thing. We'd love to connect with you. Because here's what, just like Jesus says, I, I, why are you making this so hard? Why are you rejecting my offer of protection? That's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. We want you to experience the fullness of God's love and grace and protection. And you can do that, friends. You can do that today. So, you know, again, or maybe you want to talk later. You can get in touch. You can send us an email. You can call us through the office. We'd love to help you find out how to make the Lord your refuge. But right now, let's go ahead and we're going to just take a few minutes of quiet. We're going to allow ourselves the opportunity to maybe own our fears and worries. Maybe it's the uncertainty about a school year. Maybe it's the uncertainty about your job. Maybe it's the uncertainty about your health. I don't know what it is. We're going to give you a chance to offer that up to God. Some of you, maybe you don't really know how to pray. You can pray 